Good morning, welcome to Real Life Online. My name is Graham and we started Real Life eight years ago for people who feel far from God so they can come and find real life in Christ. We're super glad you're taking the time to hang out with us today. Let me give you a couple quick announcements before I give you something just incredible. It's gonna blow your mind. First of all, we continue to stream our services at 8.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, we've had a lot of people jump on both of those services, and so we're going to continue to do that for the foreseeable future. So every week you can join us here at 8.30 a.m. or 10 a.m., or you can always find us later on in the week on our website. Second of all, we are going to continue to do the back-to-school fair. For years now, Real Life has made this back-to-school fair happen where we have given literally hundreds of kids every year all the school supplies they need to get their education here in the Valley and in the Quad Cities. This year is no different, except for we're gonna alter it just a little bit. This year, the Back to School Fair will be on August 9th from 4 to 6 p.m., and it will be a drive-through Back to School Fair. So that's gonna take place at the baseball fields owned by Chelan High School, and those are up by Walmart. So August 9th, 4 to 6 p.m., anybody you know who's in need of school supplies for their kids can go drive through and get the supplies they need for their kids to get their education. Now, if you wanna support the Back to School Fair financially, it costs us about $10 to put a backpack together, and you can support that at reallifencw.com. So thank you guys so much for your continued support of the Back to School Fair. Jump on our website if you wanna do that, or come see us on August 9th between 4 and 6 p.m. to get the school supplies for your kids. Now lastly, we got something incredible for you. Today is the very first time the Reverend Billy Bosch is gonna bring us the message. Uh, Billy has been our campus pastor in Brewster for almost two years now. He has been such a great uh, addition to our team. We're so grateful for him and Joyce, and he finally gets the pulpit today. So, Billy's gonna kill it. Before he does though, let me say a quick prayer. Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you so much for bringing Billy and Joyce and uh, Liam to our area. God, I thank you so much for the message you have uh, for Billy, and I pray, God, that that speaks to each one of us individually. We ask for all of that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Enjoy the service. Dear Diary, you won't believe what I saw yesterday. I saw a black bear in the supermarket. The water turned pink, too. And also, there was floating cows. I saw a shark swimming in the water. But luckily, I got I was near one of those floating dock things. It was like the apocalypse, but times to the coolness. True story. Jumping over the moon. Wow. I know, jumping over it. It's a panda walking down the beach of Lakeland. It was insane. It was like right under us, like that. You won't believe what I saw yesterday in the garden. I saw the Easter Bunny. I know, don't look at me like that. I know it sounds it's crazy, it's the middle of summer, but I saw it right over there with my very own two eyes. True story. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Real Life Online. So glad that you're tuning in with us. Hope you all are safe, that you're doing well. To all my friends up in the Brewster area, miss you guys. Can't wait to see you. Um, it's different times, but I think about you guys all the time, praying for you, and hope you're doing well. 
One last thing before we get into our content. Today is Graham Monteleone's birthday. So I want to say happy birthday, Graham. Uh, If you're friends with Graham on Facebook, go ahead and get on his timeline page and the birthday section and just write yep and just leave that for him. It'd be great if we could just fill up his whole timeline with yep on his birthday to have him have a great birthday. Happy birthday, man. Hope you have a good one. I'm excited. Today, we're starting a brand new series called True Story, Living the Story You Want to Tell. How many of you love a good story? I think we all do. We all have a story that we grew up reading or maybe our teacher read it to us or there's a movie story that we really love. Well, for me, my favorite story that I read was called the BFG. Now, for all intents and purposes, BFG stands for Big Friendly Giant. If you didn't know that, maybe you've seen the movie recently. The book is obviously better. Well, my favorite chapter in the book was chapter 10, and it's titled Frobscottle and Whizpoppers. Now, you probably don't know what that means, and especially if you haven't seen it or read it, you'll have no clue. So let me explain. We're in the cave with Sophie and the giant. At this point, Sophie and the big friendly giant, they're getting acquainted. They're getting to know each other. They just had something to eat. She thought it was terrible. And now she's thirsty and she'd like a drink of water. So the BFG uh, tells, or she says, I'd like some water. Can I have something to drink? And he goes, we don't have any water. What are you talking about water? We have frobscottle. And she goes, what the heck is frobscottle? So he goes to the fridge, pulls it out. It's this big six foot container of frobscottle and the first thing she notices is the bubbles are going downwards and she's confused she goes why are the bubbles going downwards i'm used to coca-cola and pepsi the bubbles go upwards and bfg goes no bubbles don't go upwards that's horrible if they were going upwards they're coming from your stomach and then they'd be coming out up here from this filthy some place and you'd be making this belchy sound that's just filthy and sophie goes but if the bubbles are in your stomach and they're going down, then that means they're going down and out somewhere, which is way more filthy than coming out of your mouth. And he goes, no, 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 no. That means you're joyous and happy when you are making these whiz poppers. I'm sure you can probably figure out what a whiz popper is at this point. If you can't, go read the book uh, and maybe I can explain it to you later. But me as a elementary school kid, a boy, a middle school boy, obviously thought that was pretty entertaining and funny, so I enjoyed the story. But what's more fun is we get together with friends, we get to f- together with family, and we tell stories. Let me tell you about the time when I did this. And the great news is we all have a story that we love to tell in our life. We all have stories we love to tell. Let me tell you about the time I had a a problem and I overcame it. Let me tell you about the time I set a goal and I accomplished it. Let me tell you about that time I made the right decision when I could have made the wrong decision. Let me tell you about that time when I did something really, really stupid. Well, I have a story, a true story, that I'm going to tell about when I was 18. I found out that the dad that I had uh, in my life, my whole life, who raised me, who was there for me, uh, I found out that he wasn't my biological dad. But we're going to come back to that in a little bit, so stay with us. There's also this other true thing about stories. Uh, unfortunately, there's stories we'd rather leave untold as well. 
Maybe it's entire chapters of our lives. Uh, we'd like to edit, change things and leave them untold. Maybe sometimes we're actually ashamed about some of those stories in our lives. But what's so interesting is how seemingly so many insignificant decisions had really significant impact on my life. Do you ever think about that? For me, I think about the time I, I was calling up my friend Jack and I was just wanting to hang out like normal. I said, hey Jack, uh, how you doing? What's going on? Want to hang out today? Maybe play some board games? He said, well, I'm going up to college orientation. You're more than welcome to join us. We're going to go up there, walk around the campus, maybe get some food, stuff like that. And I said, oh yeah, sure. Well, little did I know that me going and making the decision to hang out with Jack, this little decision... I was walking down the hall and felt God telling me, this is where you need to be. And that ended up being the college I attended. I graduated from and have the job here because of that. And I can trace it back to just the simple decision to say yes to hanging out with Jack. And it led to that. The other side is also true that stories aren't always positive. We look back and think, man, I had no idea that seemingly small decision was going to have a negative impact in such a negative way. And we think, I wish I hadn't started that. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I never became friends with that person because when I made that decision, my life just started to unravel and I had no idea it was gonna have that big of an impact. Think about it this way. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Let me say it one more time. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Our decisions really matter. Back when I was in college, it was my third year at this point, and uh, you know, first year, second years, you kind of get all excited about that first week or the first couple days. Well, I was in my third year, and I was in the senior housing, and I was unpacking all my stuff, and I was kind of more focused on that, like, hey, I want to get settled in, you know, see some of my old buddies. I'm not really trying to meet hundred new people right now because it's a whole new thing for me. Um, so I was in my room and I hear some people come into the commons area and I think, ah, should I go see them? Should I go talk? Nah, I'd rather really be clean my room. But then I finally decide, okay, well, I'll just go out for a couple minutes and I'll say, I'll say hi. So I walk out. There's some guys, there's some gals hanging out and I introduce myself. I ask them, you know, uh, what's your name? Uh, so-and-so, and they go around the room, and everybody says their name except for this one particular gal who I'd never met. And so I came back around later in that conversation. I said, hey, what was your name? I didn't get your name. And then she replies, well, my name's Joyce. Well, Joyce is my wife today. I didn't know that that decision was going to lead to knowing my wife and marrying her. Because when I made that decision, it was a big decision. It was life impacting. Just that little small decision to go out and see it. It's amazing the way those decisions can determine the stories we tell. So the big question I want to ask is, how do we live a story worth telling? How do we live a life that produces a story that we want to tell? And I believe the answer can be found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And here's what the writer says. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Wouldn't it be amazing if we let Jesus 
the son of God become the author of our story to help us live the story that God wants us to tell. How do we live a story worth telling? I believe we fix our eyes on Jesus and he will help us tell the story that God wants us to tell. So here's what we're gonna do in the next four weeks. We're gonna make four story decisions. The first is gonna be this, we're gonna start. We're gonna make a decision to start a new discipline to help tell the story God wants us to tell. Second, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop behaviors, mindsets, attitudes that are interrupting the story that God wants us to tell. Third, we're gonna decide to stay. We're going to decide to say, because so often we quit on things that really are important that we should stay and continue in that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a friendship, a dream, your marriage, your church situation, your relationship with God, it would be easier to go, but we're going to stay in that thing. Fourth, we're going to go. We're going to decide to go when it'd be easier to stay because I promise that every single one of you at some point, probably several points in your life, you're going to have to take a significant step out of your comfort zone, leave what's comfortable and leave what's known to honor God. It would be easier to stay, but we're going to go. We're going to decide to start, stop, stay and go. Today, I want to focus in on deciding to start a discipline that can be life transforming. There's life altering disciplines in our lives. Now I'm not talking about big, crazy things like start a business today, write a book that you've been wanting to, launching a ministry. I'm talking about little decisions, disciplines and habits. Disciplines and habits breed more discipline and habits. There's certain things, disciplines in our lives, when we practice them regularly, they cascade us forward into positive momentum and habits. And on the flip side, the absence of those things uh, create absence of other disciplines. It's like that one little certain thing in your life. When you're doing it, you're feeling disciplined. You're feeling like you're moving forward. Or when you're not doing that thing, you feel less disciplined and that your lifestyle is kind of starting to unravel and you feel like all the plates are falling. Well, for me, as funny as this may sound, and I learned that this isn't a big deal for everybody when I went to college, but one key discipline in my life that helps me feel disciplined and moving forward is I have to have a shower in the morning. If I don't have a shower in the morning, I feel sloppy, I feel like dirty, I can't focus in the day, but when I take a shower every morning, when I get up, it refreshes me, it gets me ready to go for the day, and I'm ready to do everything that I need to do for the day. So we're gonna decide to start a discipline that can transform our lives. And each week we'll look at a different Old Testament story with an Old Testament person making decisions that change the trajectory of their lives. We're going to look today at the story of Daniel in the lion's den, which proves that cats were a problem in the Old Testament, not just today as well. So Daniel's decision, let me give you a little backstory behind Daniel. Daniel was a Jewish kid. He grew up in Israel and that's where his homeland was. So what happens is King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon comes in and conquers Israel. And he takes the best of the best teens from Israel, out of Israel, out of their homeland, and takes them to Babylon where he's at. The best of the best were there. 
so Daniel was one of them. He was exceptional in his ability to gain knowledge, his wisdom, his leadership skills. And what happens is Daniel ends up interpreting this dream for King Nebuchadnezzar, and he gets promoted in a higher standing then. Then another king comes on the scene, King Belshazzar. And the same thing kind of happens. Daniel's already had a good reputation. He's had integrity. And there's another situation where some writing happens on the wall and nobody can interpret it. So Daniel's called upon because of his reputation and he comes and he interprets the writing and he gets lavish with gifts. He gets a purple rolled gold necklace and he's put in place and promoted again to the third ruler in the kingdom. And our story picks up there. King Darius comes in and conquers the Babylonians. And he takes over the kingdom that Daniel was in. And what he decides to do is he's going to appoint 120 governors to rule over the kingdom. But he picked three people to rule over that 120. And Daniel is one of those three. Well, Daniel just stood out so much in his integrity and everything that the king says, I want to put Daniel in charge of the whole kingdom over everyone. And the other 20 guys are jealous going, uh, we got to put an end to Daniel, the teacher's pet. And so we pick it up here. Daniel chapter six, verses four and five says this. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds, charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. Stop right there. What were they doing? They're looking for a little dirt. Let's get some trash. Let's find some way to make charges against this guy, but they couldn't. Let's keep going. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these guys come up with this plan and you can read all the details. I encourage you to go to Daniel chapter six, read the story, great story. They basically went to the king and said this, Hey, king, wouldn't it be great and awesome if for the next 30 days, no one would be allowed to pray to anyone or any God except for you, O king? And if they do pray to anyone, you throw them in the lion's den. And the king thought, hmm, that sounds pretty cool to me. Let's do that. Let's make a law. If anybody does it, uh, no one prays to anybody but me. And if they do, they're going to go in the lion's den. So why Daniel? What's with this Daniel guy? Why was Daniel looked upon favorably? Why was he a man of integrity? Why was there no corruption found in him? Why was he promoted? Why did God look favorably upon Daniel in the lion's den and deliver him from the mouth of the hungry pussycats? Why? Okay, I'll show you why. Because years ago, Daniel made a decision to start doing something that made him into the man of integrity that he became. Let me show you what he did, the decision he made. Verse 10, Daniel 6, says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, his homeland. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Think about it. For who knows how long he's been doing it. Certainly weeks, more likely a month, perhaps years, maybe even a decade. Three times a day, Daniel stopped what he was doing, 
made an appointment with his God and his king, knelt down before God, aligned his heart with God, worshiped God, and prayed that God's will be done in his life. Why was he successful? Why was he a man of integrity? Why did he rise in influence? Because he made a decision to start three times a day praying to his God. God transformed his story into the story that God wanted Daniel to tell. Later on, Daniel was saved from the lion's den and God was exalted because Daniel, despite his situation, despite where he was at, away from home, he made a decision to keep doing what was right and what God wanted his story to be. The decisions that we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. I want to pose two questions to you. And the first is this. I want you to ask yourself the question, what does God want you to want? What does God want you to want? Another way to phrase it might be this. What's the story God wants you to tell one year, three years, five years, 10 years from today? What does God want you to want in your future? Because I bet any of you, if you're really honest, you'd say, you sit back and say, well, yeah, there's this one area in my life that it's not really where it should be. Or, man, the chapter I'm writing right now is not going to end well unless I make some changes. Five, ten years from now, what story does God want you to tell? Well, let me pick up on the story, my story that I was going to share. See, growing up, my dad and I, we, we weren't super close. We weren't the, the tightest in relationship to each other. And when I was 18, I found out that the dad who raised me, who was there my whole life, he wasn't my biological dad. And that was really shocking to me at 18 years old. It was shocking. I felt like I just got blindsided by a semi-truck. Um, I remember the moment I found out, it was like, the air in my lungs just got taken out. Like I just was like, oh man, uh, I felt angry. Like I couldn't trust again. Everything I knew just got flipped on its head and I was just blown away. Like what is happening? How am I ever going to make this better? How am I ever, how is this ever going to be good? And I started to write a bad story. I made a decision to start writing a bad story. And the decisions I made were, uh, yeah, I'm going to be angry at everybody. Yeah, I'm not going to trust anybody. Um, I'm going to party as hard as I can every weekend and drink as much alcohol as I can until I drop to the ground sick and can't get up. That was the story I was writing. That was the life I was living for two to three years. But at some point, it was enough. I couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't a good story. I didn't want to write that story for my whole life. I didn't want that to be the story that when I look back 10 years from then and go, oh yeah, that's what I did with my life. So I had an opportunity to hear clearly the grace and the love of Jesus Christ and who God is and what he does in people's lives. And I made a decision to start a relationship with Jesus. That didn't mean my life was going to get perfect right away, but I made a decision that would have been the foundation of changing everything else to come after that. I made some uh, other decisions. I decided to stop 
putting my parents in the place of God. That was another thing that was revealed to me. I needed to make a decision to stop putting my parents in the place of God. They couldn't fill it. They were human beings. I'm a human being. Nobody can fill that place. And I was putting them in that place, which is not where they belonged and putting too much pressure on them. I had to decide to stop putting my parents in the place of God. And this was the other decision I had to make. I had to make a decision to want a relationship with my parents, no matter what the cost was, no matter what, I wanted to have a relationship with my parents. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted to have that relationship. And I couldn't do it by myself. This isn't the story of, hey, Billy did 900 different things and everything worked out perfect because he did it. No, I needed help. I had to go to counseling, have someone help me talk through it, process through it, heal through it. And I needed prayer from friends and support from other people to get through that situation. Because the story could have been that I don't have a relationship with my parents at all, that we don't talk, we don't get together, uh, they don't know my wife, they don't know Liam, my son. That could have been the story. But I'm excited to tell you this story because the story is this. We talk regularly, my parents and I. We do have a relationship. We're the closest we've ever been ever. I FaceTime my mom regularly. She sees Liam, Joyce. We talk. We get together at family gatherings, have a good time. We share all sorts of things about our life with each other, and we enjoy each other's company. That's the story we're writing out. Heck, on 4th of July weekend, I was playing a game called Can Jam with my dad and my brothers out in the rain. We were having a good time. That's the story we're writing. And the reason for that is because God got involved in the story and he started to write the story that I couldn't write. I didn't know how to write, but when God gets involved in your wants, he helps you write the story that God wants you to tell, which ultimately is a story that you want to tell deep down inside. There's always a want that God wants you to want. Will you see it? Will you step towards it? What does God want you to want? Based on what God wants you to want, what do you need to start? What do you need to start in order to tell the story that God wants you to tell? What do you need to start in order to tell a story worth telling? And here's the key. I want you to pick one thing. Don't be tempted like me to pick four things, five things, seven things, nine things. Because the reality is if you pick seven or nine things, you're going to do no things. Pick one thing. Maybe this is a possible story changer for you. Maybe you need to make a decision for self-care. You've been married for a few years. You have three, four kids. You have a job full-time and you're just trying to make ends meet. And you've just been on the go, go, go and you're tired and, and you stop doing things that you need for you. Maybe you make a decision today to do something that you need so that you can be more filled up, so that you can have more joy, so that you can give better to the people who matter in your life. Maybe you make a decision today and tell a different story a year from now, two years from now. Or maybe your story changer could be a relationship, building relationship. Maybe you have a relationship in your life, a close family member, a friend, um, and you are stuck and you feel angry or you feel like it can't get better. Maybe today you make a decision to start believing the best in that person instead of the worst. And you make that decision to start. And four years later from now, you look back and you say, man, our, our relationship is so much better than it was. And it's all because I made a decision to start filling the blank, 
and that built the relationship. Or maybe it's this, maybe you need to deal with an issue, an internal issue. Maybe you're insecure. Maybe you have an addiction to something. You're angry. You're jealous. Maybe you decide to start today. Hey, this thing has been kind of ruling my life and I need some help. And you decide to start getting help in that area so that the story you tell two years from now, three years from now is, man, you'll never believe it, but I was mastered by this thing and I made a decision to start taking care of it and getting help. And now I look back and it's not the master of me anymore. I'm freed from it. I don't struggle with it anymore. Or maybe this one, if you're a high schooler or middle schooler, you make a decision today to start doing the right thing instead of the popular thing. So that when you get into your college years or later in your life, you don't look back and go, man, I made so many bad decisions when I was in middle school and high school. But you look back and say, man, you'll never believe it. I made a decision when I was in middle school and high school that I was going to do the right thing instead of the popular thing. And now I look back and look where my life's at because of the integrity I built, the reputation I built in my community and, and with the people in my circle. For me, something that was life-changing, a decision my wife and I had to start, and I never did this, is we started to save money. I'd never saved money before in my life. I was not good with money, not good with finances. But when my wife and I got married, we decided that we were going to start saving money every month. We're going to start saving money. And I have a story to tell now, looking back, that we did that. We've paid off her student loans. We've been able to pay off significant amounts of hospital bills. We've been able to get some extra things that we wanted because we made a decision to start saving and it impacted our life now. And we have a story. We recently made another decision, which is going to have an impact on our life to start eating healthier foods. We wanted to start eating healthier foods because it's good for our body. It's good for us. Uh, we want to teach Liam to eat good food and take care of himself. And so we made a decision to start eating whole foods, stop going out to eat so much, eating junk. Uh, and we even started to try to implement different types of meat. We want to eat fish twice a week and such and such. We made a decision to start so that we can tell a story later. I don't know what you need to start, but chances are you do if you seek God. What story does God want you to tell? Do you want to live a story worth telling? Or one day, do you want to look back and be embarrassed by this chapter of your life? The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. This is my last question. And hopefully, this will help motivate you and get you going. Who is going to start the discipline that will help you tell the story God wants you to tell? You will. You will. You will start the decision that's going to help you write the story that God wants you to tell. I hope that's encouraging for some of you. Some of you may think, I have no power over my story. I can't do anything in my story. I don't know what to do in my story. But the great thing is, you do have the power. You will make the decision to tell the story that you want to tell with God's help. But you have to make the decision. You will make that decision because you can live a story worth telling if you decide to start what God wants you to start today. I'm going to wrap up here. We do next steps every week at Real Life because we want to talk about stuff, yes, but we want you to take that 
and we want you to do something with it because we want life change. We want to help people move forward. And so that's what next steps are about. It's something for you to make a decision moving forward. So here they are, the first one. Make the decision to identify one thing you need to start. Maybe you were sitting there as I was talking and this thing is just ringing in the back of your head or in your heart and you're like, man, and it's ringing. Identify it, commit to it, grab hold of it. Don't just let it come in and fleet away. Do something with it so that you can tell the story that God wants you to tell. Second, make the decision to start meeting in a real life watch party group. Make the decision to start meeting in a real life watch party group. Church is going to look different for a while, and it has, and we were hoping it was going to be sooner, that we'd all be back together, but that's just not the reality of the situation right now. So I want to encourage you to start being a part of a real-life watch party group. It's good for you. It's good for other people. Within the limits of what's safe, 10 people or less, obviously don't get together with people who aren't feeling well, but we need connection. People need connection. So I want to encourage you to make that decision. Commit. You are going to church on Sunday morning at Real Life? Well, commit to making a watch party that regular thing in your week as we wait for church to start back the way it was. Make the decision to do it. Lastly, make the decision to let Jesus be the author of your story. Maybe someone's listening right now and they've kind of been checking God out, checking out who Jesus is, what it's all about. And you've kind of been on the fence. You haven't made a full decision. Things seem right. They seem like they make sense. But you just need to make a decision to start letting Jesus help you be that author of your story because it's going to change your life forever and not in a bad way. He's going to help you get through struggles and pain. He's going to give you more joy than you could ever think of. And maybe there's someone or people who are believers of Jesus. They would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Like I go to church. Um, I believe he's there, but you haven't really made a full decision to let Jesus really be the author of your story. You haven't fully let go and said, Jesus, you be the author of the story. I can't make the greatest story that I want, but I think you can, and I believe in you and you will. And so you're going to make the decision to let Jesus really be the author of your story moving forward. I hope and pray that you make that decision today to start telling the story that God wants to help tell you. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you are uh, a way maker, that you love people and you help us write stories that we can never imagine, that we could never fathom because that's what you do best, God. You step into our lives and you help us to see things in a whole new way. And God, you heal, you give hope, you give love, you give grace, you give understanding in relationships and life and everything. God, you seep into everything and make it better. So God, I just pray that today we would choose you, we would choose you to be the author, that you'd help us tell the story that's worth telling. Help us tell the story that we can be proud of when we look back. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much. I hope you guys have a great, great Sunday and a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And thank you so much, Billy, for bringing the message, man. You're incredible. 
Now don't forget, if you want to support the Back to School Fair, you can go to reallifencw.com and find a link at the banner so you can support that financially. Or if you know people who uh, need to benefit from that, again, that's August 9th from 4 to 6 p.m. and that's at the baseball fields up by Walmart. Other than that, have a great week.